Welcome to the Infinity Saga and Beyond, a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan podcast. We're talking Loki today. Uh, we had some time off due to me being on vacation. Didn't really have any of my stuff to record. Uh, but I was down there with you, Matt. I got to see you and Logan Ooh. while we were down there, so that was nice. It was a fun uh, time. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I got to watch it almost... So th- these were the earliest episodes I've ever watched, I think. Because episode two, I watched like 7 or 8 a.m., I think. Maybe on Wednesday. Something like Jeez, that. I've been watching them at on Thursday nights. <laughs> <laughs> and then my flight got... Uh, I, my flight landed at like one. 30 a.m. on Wednesday this week, and I went home. I didn't get home till 3:30, and I wa- I was like, I'm just gonna watch episode three while I'm up. You didn't work the next day, did you? No, I was off, so I was like, I don't care. That's the only times I've done that, or when I'm off the next day, because I did it for the Ahsoka episode of Mando. I stayed up. That was what Thanksgiving and the Black Friday. I stayed up that day until three o'clock to watch it um Mm. only because i was off i don't know how people do this all you know i've seen people on my timelines and stuff that stay up till 3 a.m eastern time to watch this stuff and then you actually are staying up to like four o'clock because you have to watch the episode then you have to you know calm down and settle down and go to sleep so it's tough definitely tough um, so the way we're going to do this, we're going to do two separate episodes still. We're going to talk episode two, and then we're going to take a quick pause, and then we'll just have another episode for you to listen to for episode three. A little behind-the-scenes magic there. So we are talking Loki season one, episode two, The Variant, written by <clears throat> Alyssa Karasik, directed by Kate Heron, originally released June 16. 2021 on Disney Plus, and it ran for 54 minutes. Uh, the synopsis here Mobius puts Loki to work, but not everyone at the TVA is thrilled about the God of Mischief's presence. What was your initial thoughts on this episode, Matt? I loved it. It was it was better than the first one. Um I I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it, but it I really enjoyed watching loki and mobius um i actually i really love the conversations they had and they were just kind of talking whether it was about who mobius was or kind of you know there was a point where loki was actually starting to get into the research which i also really enjoyed but to watch the two of them work together as like 
becoming best buds. I know they're not, but it felt like a little bit of like a buddy, a buddy movie. Um, I, I just, I really enjoyed it. And it, there's just something about Loki. I, I don't know what it is, but the Loki character, maybe it's Tom Hiddleston, but he, he's fantastic. <laughs> I don't, I don't think anybody else could have played Loki in the entire universe in terms of actors and do such a good job as he is because he kind of goes back and forth, you know, like this is the evil Loki again. You know, this was the Loki from the beginning of the MCU, not the right, Loki like for just the end. What a few hours ago, maybe he was battling New York. Yeah. From Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just think that's impressive because, you know, it. I obviously maybe it's not as an actor, maybe actors can just like flip the switch, but the Loki that you get toward the end of what we just went through in the MCU is not the same Loki from the beginning, but I'm watching this and I don't even like part of me doesn't even think about the, the Loki toward the end of the MCU. I'm just kind of like, this is a brand new Loki. Like he's getting a second chance. And I just, I find that so impressive. And the episode was really well done. This, this um, series is, this series is compared to the other two. You know, the WandaVision is kind of wacky, you know, like, oh, lots of theories. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier was a lot more, like, meaningful in terms of the character and, you know, what the shield represents. But this one actually feels like a bridge to the, the next time in the MCU, the next phase. And it they just, they've made these episodes so much better than the other two shows. Whether it's the music, the settings, you know, it's... It's just really, really good. And it's it's easily my favorite of the three shows. Yeah, I think so, too. I think this is probably the best show that they've put out. I think this episode is the best episode of Loki so far. I know we've I've already seen episode three. We're going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about episode three right now, but I do think this episode is still the best one. So mm-hmm. I've, I've loved all three. Um it's just kind of exactly what I wanted when we were talking about that first episode. You know, when we talked about it, was that like two weeks ago already? You know, we, uh, I was saying like, I could be really down for like a mystery detective style time travel show. And that's what uh, this was, you know, when they're studying files and are trying to solve a case. But it, you know, it just has a lot of that type of feel for it. And like you said about Loki himself you know like this is not the same loki that we've already seen but he's already growing to get to that point you know like when he sees in the first episode what happened to his family and then um like it kind of sped him up a bit to get to the point that he's already at but he's still different because he's not he you know he's 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 already has that self-awareness earlier now but he's still different you know yeah and I, like you said, it is. It's a fun, like, it's a fun, like, time cop kind of, you know, time detective TV show. It And it does have some similarities with Doctor Who, especially the music. The music was very, when they're in the library or, like, the research area, that was very Doctor Who-like. Um, but it, it was, it was fun, though. It was, like, fun watching, you know, when they go to Pompeii. And I know, I don't know how we're, going over this episode with episode three, but it was kind of funny, like watching them interact at Pompeii and see Loki kind of just, it was interesting to watch him figure things out. That's what I liked. He was figuring out this variant. 
Yeah, that was it was uh, just really great. And we're going to go kind of step by step into it now here. I, I love the opening as well here. It opens in Wisconsin at the Renaissance Fair, 1985. Uh, kind of tripped you out at first. You know, they show the Renaissance stuff here like, oh, maybe we're going further back. And it's like, no, it's Wisconsin, 1985 <laughs> uh, <laughs> at a Renaissance Fair. Uh, the the variant, it, you know, the, the hunters are hunting for the variant. Um, they go into uh, like a tent. And we have that one woman who's like telling them that they're all dressed wrong because of them uh, not matching the Renaissance <laughs> bear <laughs> stuff. And then we have uh, the variant taking over C20, who's going to be the main hunter uh, of this group here. And just by like kind of has like this power where it seems like all she has to do is touch them. She's able to get into their mind and she just takes over and she starts making C20 fight the rest of them. Uh, you know, she takes the charge and she takes C20 and, and goes to wherever she's been hiding out. And yes, I'm saying she because it is revealed. I mean, obviously, you shouldn't already know that if you watch this episode, but it is revealed that this is a. <laughs> that was my uh, prediction. That was, I thought we were going to get to like a, a mid-episode prediction. A female Loki, um, which Loki. I called by the way in, in that first episode. I said that the reason why they haven't shown her, you know, shown the variant is because it's not the Tom Hiddleston variant. I said it's most likely mm-hmm. the Lady Loki. Uh, but I also said it could be Richard Grant, who's supposed to maybe play an older Loki. We don't really know. He's he's confirmed for the show, but he hasn't appeared in the show. Um, so I'm sure a lot of people were thinking that. You know, I was listening to some other podcasts after ours that were like, well, there's a reason why they didn't show, you know, that Loki's face. But uh, still, just happy to be right about something. You know, that felt good. Uh, so then Loki and the crew are going to get recruited to go to the fair and investigate. We also get the scene where Loki's reading a, um, uh, jet ski magazine that is Mobius's. Um, mm-hmm. and we get, uh, Miss Minutes talking to him, uh, which he asks if she's a recording or actually there. She says like a bit of both because she's able to understand what loki's saying back to her she's able to react he starts trying to hit her with the magazine and she's able to jump away from it so there's a little bit of we'll see what exactly miss minutes is maybe later on in the show and uh you know uh mobius has to kind of allow and get to talk to judge Renslayer to see if he can take loki uh, as well, and he's actually going to give Loki two knives um, that Rens, uh, that that B fifteen, the hunter that grabbed him initially, is like, nope, and puts it in a locker. Mm. Um, they don't want Loki to have any sort of knives. So I'm not sure if that was at this part or at the end part, but uh, they were going to give him some sort of weapons. But he, they're not too worried about Loki using magic in the real world because he'll have magic again because they say that. Uh, you know, Mobius just says, we'll be able to track you down again. You'd get caught, and that time you'd get reset. So we know you're not going to do that. You won't be able to get to the timekeepers in that sense. And Loki, you know, follows through, right, uh, a little bit. Uh, he doesn't use that magic, but when he gets to the fair and, you know, they're investigating the crime scene, 
he starts trying to what we determine later is stalling right he's trying to stall i guess for the timeline to redline or so the person can get away uh but he he's saying that you know if they leave the tent now they're all going to be dead the variants out there waiting for them and uh he wants assurances that he can meet the timekeeper without being reset and mobius then catches on and says ah he's just he's lying you know, reset the charge. Let's get out of here. Uh, was it worth the try there for Loki to try pulling this? <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's a matter of. I, I did actually think he was testing the waters. I think he wanted to see what he could possibly get away with. What could they? What are they believing with him? You know, maybe kind of see if um, if I'm not saying his persuasive skills, but just to see if they're gullible to an extent. I think he. I think he was just testing it out. Because I don't think he is too concerned at this point about getting taken off of this task. Because Mobius is very, hey, I need you to, like, we need you to help us get this variant. Like, he, I think he knows Mobius needs him. So he wanted to see what he could really get away with, if he could get away with anything. Um, I was actually believing him, though. So I guess maybe he's really, I was kind of, like, watching it go, dang, like, he's, he's good. Like I think there's somebody out there. I hope they don't go out there. Like I, I was very, I was very much believed what he was saying. <laughs> so even I, I was, was believing bit. it. I was believing it. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, 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 he's good. He's he's a good villain. I mean, I know in the end he kind of becomes a bit of a good guy, like in the first phase of MCU. At least I fully believe he does. But he he is a villain. But he's a smart villain. He's not a. He's not one that has like the strength of like 50 men and such like that. He uses his brain. And so he, he was just testing it, which was a nice scene. I liked it. Yeah, we get uh Renslayer, you know, calling in Mobius, uh, Loki sitting outside and he, she's, I hate you know, her. she's kind of roasting uh, uh, Mobius here. You know, like, why were you taking Loki? Uh, Loki is, uh, you know, untrustworthy type of thing. Um, he also is, you know, kind of, she, she's kind of questioning and, and saying that, you know, Mobius, this is Loki's, like, last shot, and this will be, you know, pretty much your last shot kind of thing uh, mm-hmm. if if Loki doesn't pull through on this. Now, we also get some cool conversation bits here where, like, Mobius is asking about, like, oh, who is your other analyst who's bringing these trinkets to you? Uh, maybe we'll find that out in this. Uh, it's either that or it's just fun jealousy type of things. But uh, I'm wondering if there's some sort of history between Mobius and Renslayer because uh, they've kind of have that talk. There, there was really good conversational parts in this episode that was one of them and when you you do learn when loki tries to learn more about who mobius is i also really i really enjoyed that scene yeah and uh what i do want to say because we didn't talk about renslayer at all really the last episode uh she is a character from the comics so um when we pull up when i pull up her information here she's also gone by the name terminatrix her name is Ravona Renslayer. Uh, she's gone by a few uh, aliases during 
the time she first appeared in Avengers number 23 in 1965. But why it is so important is because she's actually usually uh, entwined with Kang the Conqueror, who we all know Kang is going to be in Ant-Man Quantumania, played by... uh, uh, Oh, man, why am I blanking on his name right now? Um, Jonathan Majors. I'd say it's probably the same guy that plays Thanos. He just always Josh Brolin. I just feel like yeah. he's a good. Uh, he, he plays brute force villains really well. But so she she's kind of been a uh, villain, and you know, uh, at times she's been, um, you know, either in love with Kang or forced to be with Kang. All this kind of stuff. Um, so. Some people are thinking that, you know, Kang might be the one ultimately that we see behind the uh, Timekeepers because she has met the Timekeepers. She's mentioned she's met the Timekeepers. Mobius asks how they're doing, and he says, uh, you know, I never met him. So it seemed to me like he was trying to get some information, but also the way Owen Wilson was playing it, I feel like it was almost like, he is starting to maybe not believe in the timekeepers and he's just kind of questioning, Mm -hmm. you know, he even asked at one point, like what happens, uh, you know, like Loki's going to ask later on, like what happens when this is all done and, you know, all this kind of stuff. We, we find out that the timekeepers are supposedly still untangling the web of the, uh, what, you know, the future, like what can happen in the future. So I thought that was interesting, but, uh, you know, I wanted to get your thoughts on this too. Do you think the timekeepers are real or is this something that maybe Kang and Renslayer, or maybe just Renslayer herself has kind of taken control of? The simple-minded person that I am when it comes to these kind of things, um, I, I still believe they're real because I kind of believe what I get told in terms of like who these characters are, especially because I don't know a lot in terms of the comics. I don't, I actually didn't know Renslayer was like connected with Kang until you just mentioned it. Um, so like to me, I, I mean, I still believe it's a legit thing, but the more, especially when we go through the next episode and just from a few di- different people I watch on TikTok, like it, it does seem like something is pretty fishy because there's a, I, I think a fairly big reveal next episode about the TVA. That's a bit to me made a lot of sense when I watched, um, there's a TikToker I watched that made a really good point that we can bring up on the next episode. Yeah. I think we'll have to uh, save um, some of this talk for episode yeah, three. <laughs> but, oh yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I, I, I still, I, I believe it. Like I still do because that's kind of when I watch something, I kind of I'm very like, yeah, I believe that. Like when they say it, I go, yeah, it's true. It's 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 probably happening that way. <laughs> like uh, to me, it's I don't like to think too much in ter- terms of it because I watched that with like WandaVision where you and I tried to be like, ooh, I'm going to watch every little detail. And it ended up not. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I like to just go with it. And right now, yeah, they're real, but there's something fishy about them or maybe there's something fishy with Renslayer or maybe 
Mobius is not as important as we think he is. Like sometimes I kind of want to go like, is he as important to the TVA as he makes himself think he is or makes himself out to be? Um, Cause sometimes the way he's like treated, even by the, the hunters, I'm kind of like, do they like you? <laughs> Cause it doesn't right, seem like right. they do. Yeah, this is, uh, I'm kind of torn on if they're real or not. I think maybe at one point they were real and maybe they're not anymore. Maybe somebody has killed them. Just the way that she is like, well, she kind of almost plays it off like when he's asking about her. Oh yeah, they're, they're good. They're still just, you know, working away. They're worried. They're very worried about this. Come, what's going on right now? You know, it just sounds fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so Mobius allows uh, convinces her to give Loki another chance. Uh, he goes and, and, and talks to Loki. He's kind of pissed off at Loki, right? He's like, I thought you would want to catch this superior version of Loki to really just show that you are, you know, so great and all this kind of stuff in it. Yeah, yeah he's manipulating him, right? <laughs> he's, he, he's, he's good. He, he's manipulating Loki to to want to find them. And, you know, Loki mm-hmm. starts looking at these TVA files. He actually tries to get TVA files for the creation of the world and all this other stuff, but he's told that they are, um, that was a really funny classified. scene when she was like, Oh, what files can I have? And then it was literally, he walked over and she gave him more files about the variant. It was literally, <laughs> yeah, just Loki <laughs> files is all he was able to do. <laughs> That was a funny scene. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so he starts looking through these, and he is reading about Ragnarok, the movie and the event, right? And uh, Loki comes up with this theory. Well, at first he's kind of looking at this, and it seems he is really moved by what has happened. He's going to play it off with Mobius that he doesn't care, right? Because uh, that's just how Loki is. But I think he is moved by this mm-hmm. a bit. And also I think it really nails down his point right like when in the first episode mobius is asking him okay what do you want to do like be king of what and he's like midgard right he's like okay so king of earth then what king of asgard right okay then what then king of the nine realms okay he now realizes he would never be able to be king of asgard it's gone Mm -hmm. you know it's completely gone so it's like for him it really is a, a come to light moment i think at the end of the first episode when he sees the power that the TVA has and now he even realizes that he now knows that Asgard is gone, that really the TVA is the only thing I think in his sights at this moment now because he can't go back home. He can't take over his home planet. And now he is, you know, Infinity Stones are even worthless there. So I think he is really starting to come around to yeah, this this is the only thing that matters is the TVA. Um, now he theorizes that the variant is hiding near apocalyptic events, where they can go undetected by the TVA because nothing they can do there would change the timeline. So his point being, when he's looking at that sheet of you know Asgard's destruction on Ragnarok, it says you know like variance levels detected or whatever, and it says zero point zero zero. And he he's thinking, well, I could probably hide there. Then, you know, Asgard gets blown up and, you know, nobody survives mm-hmm. type of thing. So he can't actually go. So this variant can't actually go to Ragnarok or Asgard because people did survive. 
So he starts theorizing it has to be somewhere where nobody has survived because nobody would have been able to see him and he wouldn't have been able to affect anybody's, you know, um, life, right? Uh, so yeah. we get this great scene of him explaining it to Mobius with Mobius's lunch and Casey's drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loki persuades Mobius to go, saying that, you know, you may not be able to trust me, but you know how much I like to be right, right? Like, you know how much I like to be right more than... Like, anything else, pretty much. And this gets Mobius in, like, this whole new, like, groove. He's, like, a new man, right? He's, like, very excited. He goes and gets the approval uh, to go, and he's, like, more jovial. He's he's happy again. Um, and they, they, they go to Pompeii in 79 AD, and Loki goes and just warns all the locals about Mount Vesuvius about to erupt. He lets some goats free. And everybody's staring at him like he's crazy. And uh, Mobius detects there was nothing, you know, no variants, uh, energy, I guess is what they call it. And then the volcano erupts, all those people would die, and nothing would matter. So it turns out to work. And he's like, well, you know, you could kind of be like, well, if this wasn't a Loki variant they're chasing, maybe the other person wouldn't be that smart to find this either. So maybe that's not what's happening. But since it's Loki finding a loophole in this, they can assume that the other Loki would find the same loophole. Uh, I I like the Pompeii scene. I thought it was uh, really great. Some levity, even though all these people were about to die. (laughs) What are your thoughts on Pompeii? (laughs) It was a a fun scene. um, The actual event, I think, is awful. Like That sounds like it was a, a really rough day. In Pompeii, the song by Bastille is really nice. I like the song by uh, Bastille called Pompeii. Um, if are those the ones we're talking about, or like the the TV scene? Uh, no, we were talking about those two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was fun, but I I actually it was the ending part where Mobius did notice that Loki was right, and I that's what made me enjoy the scene because I wanted Loki to be right. You know, I know he's a trickster, but at the same time, I even was like, you got to be right because it might not work. And that sounds stupid because it's a six episode TV show and we know that. So it wasn't like he was going to get knocked out, you know, with four episodes to go. But I was sitting there going, God, I hope you're right. I really do, because I want I want you to be right. I want this to be like the start of their friendship. But, um, you know, it also made me interested about like, what would you consider a like what would you consider an apocalyptic event? You know, <laughs> Rachel and I were talking about it. We were sitting there going like, what, what is like an apocalyptic event is Pompeii. So like, what else, like, where else could this person hide? Is this a common thing that like throughout history? Like, is there, well, yeah, Mobius <laughs> says there's a lot. He says there's a lot. And actually when they figure out that it had to come from that certain time period, there was still a lot because of uh, know, global warming would... <laughs> and climate change. <laughs> it was like kind of scary. Um, but it, it was, it was a really good scene because I, I was really happy with Loki being right. And Mobius kind of be like that. That's when Mobius was like, okay, you know, I knew I did this correct. Cause I wanted Mobius to honestly be right in his decision to take Loki on, um, which I think makes a good TV show when you're rooting for characters that you, in a way, you know, they're safe. Like, you know, they're still going to be a part of the show, but you were still rooting for them this early on, which I think makes a really good TV show. Yeah, and uh, so Loki's right. 
um, we get this conversation where, you know, Mobius mentions he sees Loki as a scared little boy, which makes him think of the kablooey gum. But before that, too, we get, you know, uh, Loki asking about the jet skis. Like, why do you like jet skis so much? And, you know, Owen Wilson's character, Mobius, says about how, you know, there was a time in the 90s or whatever where there was nothing better than, like, a jet ski. And uh, there, there's some theories here. We'll talk about it in episode three, I think. But there's some good theories about Mobius mm-hmm. and the jet ski and even his drink, uh, the Josta Cola. But... Um, I hope by the end of the show we see Mobius riding a jet ski (laughs) at some point. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so he thinks about the clue from the Kablooey, which was from France uh, in the 1549. The variant Floki gave the little boy the Kablooey. The Kablooey was only sold regionally from 2047 to like 2051. Um. And they find so that lowers the chances, but there's still a few of those uh, extinction level or apocalyptic events. One of them being in Alabama in 2050, a hurricane. And these people hiding out in Roxcart, which is a uh, grocery store, kind of like Walmart, um, owned by what seems to be the Roxxon, a corporation. They're a Marvel comic book uh, company, Roxxon. They're usually bad guys. Um, And I think that they probably still are bad guys in this because Randy was kind of weird even before he was uh, possessed. Um, So at the hurricane shelter, you know, Loki, Loki, Mobius, and the TV agents uh, walk in. It's pouring down rain. Loki uses his magic to dry himself. B-15 gives him a look, and he's like, what? I don't want squeaky shoes. You know, it's pretty smart from Loki, but also I wouldn't want to be sopping wet either. <laughs> uh, so Loki and B-15 are walking by, and they see this guy trying to buy flowers, and they're like, that's a little weird in the middle of a hurricane. And as B-15 goes to check him out, the guy touches B-15 takes over her body. It was the variant who was uh, possessing the guy and now possessing B-15. They then uh, they then swap over to Randy, who's like a uh, worker there. But he's literally happy and cheery during this hurricane. And it's like, oh, are you looking for the shelter? And then, like, gets taken over. Um then we get this fight, you know, between Randy and Loki and um, Loki's trying to, you know, say, hey, let's just take over the timekeepers together. You know, let's work on this together. You actually see there's several of those time reset charges that have been taken posted around the whole place. Mm-hmm. So we figure out this is what she's been doing the whole time, the variant. Um, we then get the reveal of the variant being a female Loki. We'll get her real name in the next episode, so we'll be able to stop calling her that. Um, She presses a button on a pad, and all of the time charges start going into different parts of the timeline, and then she walks through a door. Loki's going to follow her as Mobius is calling 
for him not to. It's kind of where the episode ends. C20 also is like saying that it's real and that she told the timekeeper's location to the variant. And that's the end of the episode. Uh, we get to see, you know, when all these things are being sent away, we see all the TVA agents who are looking at the timeline start seeing the timeline diverge. Tons of little things as she's sending these reset charges to just multiple different points of uh, of Marvel history and the MCU mm-hmm. um, history. And I think there was like a list... Um, Uh, let's see what I had it here. Um, so she sends one to Hollow, which is the Cree home world. She sends one to Xandar. She sends one to Rome in 1390. She sends one to Ego. That's, you know, Peter's father. She sends one to Portugal in the 1400s. Uh, New York in 1947, Titan in 1982, uh, Japan in 1984, Sakar in 1984, Asgard in 2004. So she's really sending all these. She even sends one to Vormir in the year 2301. So just sending them all over the place. And this starts really, uh, you know, setting the timeline off on all these different <laughs> branches and everything. And everybody's a little worried about it. And the episode ends. Um, we don't have to do much theorizing on this uh, because we're going to talk about the next episode in just a second. But overall, yeah, um, I, overall, I really enjoyed this episode. Go ahead. What were you saying? I say I actually forgot about that that last scene um, where she sends all of the the reset charges. Yeah, we could theorize. We could theorize about that because if people don't know this, this part is not actually touched on in episode uh, three at all. That's exactly why I forgot. <laughs> so she's sending them to all these places. I don't know if all these places were, you know, in the script or if they just added some of these in as just like you know plot people, you know, like uh, computer people having some fun with location mm-hmm. names and stuff, but. I'm trying to figure out how this would affect the timeline so much. So she's sending reset charges. I'm guessing if there's nothing there to reset, it's it's affecting something else that's causing a timeline branch. Because usually the reset charges are there to keep the timeline in check, right? So I'm not yeah. sure how this is really affecting everything this way, unless she was able to even reverse engineer the reset charge. Like, I don't know exactly what would cause all of this to split off so much. Could it be... Now that I feel like this is kind of like way out there, but like, could other people like, cause you, you were mentioning pretty big places. I'm not certain if things like Portugal and like the whatever year or stuff like that was anything. Um, but like, could it be that, you know, she sends it to Titan. That's where Thanos is from, right? Yep. In 1982. So that's probably before he's the mad Titan. I don't know. So like, what if, what if he what if these people this is where it could possibly be something to do with the timekeepers aren't real like maybe it's some it is somebody else and maybe they're maybe it's like big villains know what these things are and so they receive it and then they start causing chaos quicker or maybe they cause some sort of issue sooner which is what causes the timeline to deviate um and they have that reset charge just in case 
you know, like just in case something doesn't work out how they expected, you have that reset charge to just go back and, and you know, it, do everything the way it should have been. So maybe she's just trying to cause some of these villains to make their decision or make their move quicker because they have, they have like a, it's like a mulligan. They have that. They have it for them in case it doesn't work out. Yeah, and that's the thing is, does the reset charge actually reset everything, or does it destroy everything? Like, the way that they're talking yeah, about yeah. it in this episode, like, you know, when Loki's being asked to recite what a reset charge is again, he mentions, you know, what it does, he's like, but it sounds like it's just a fancy way of, like, obliterating everything. So, like, it yeah. maybe if it's destroying that area, then that's what's diverting the timeline like I, I don't know yeah it's true i don't know if we'll if we will know uh until episode four and hopefully oh, yeah. then we get some we get some answers um but yeah so we'll go ahead and wrap this one up and then uh if anybody wants to follow us on twitter it is what is that one again what is our twitter at to infinity saga um I think I would have this up already. I thought I had it up. I, right say, I don't. I don't think. I don't think this one follows me. Oh, I might have to change that then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it is uh, at to Infinity Saga on Twitter. Email us marvelpluscaps at gmail.com, facebook.com slash Infinity Saga Beyond. Uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, so we will catch you all for our next episode, which is being released the same day, uh, and we'll be talking episode three of Loki. Yeah.